We like to drink beer, a lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. A bonus episode. <laughs> so I got to be honest, I saw New England and I got really excited that we were either one going to be talking about the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, the greatest professional athlete of all time, or two, highly New debatable, New England clam chowder, which is one of my favorite mm. soups of all time. You brought up Tom Brady before and I'm a big Tom episodes, Brady fan. Yeah. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. How can you not be? The man's one of the greatest football players of all time. Well, because we're from Cleveland and fuck Tom Brady. So, so we're not even in the same league as Tom Brady. We're not even in the same league yet. Yet. We're getting there. Odell said he's going to make it the new uh, the new Patriots here yeah. in Cleveland. And 2021, the Cleveland Browns are and Cleveland's hosting the NFL draft. They're seeing big things in this city. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, they just announced it today. It'll be at the Rock Hall. It's oh, the nice. greatest location in the nation, as they say in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Even as though, we say, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> Even though I like the Steelers, I like. I like. Are Cleveland. you going to edit yeah. that out? <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? So today we're going to get into the New England Vampire Panic. And if you're someone like me who had no idea what this was coming into it, do not think of Dracula at all during this episode because mm-hmm. it is not the same. Nope. No. Not so, really. No. Don't get your hopes up. It's still a good, fun story. I just don't want you to be misled going into this one. So the New England vampire panic was the reaction to tuberculosis outbreaks throughout Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and parts of New England in the 19th century. At this time, tuberculosis was known as consumption because it appeared to consume a person's body. The infection is highly contagious, so when someone got infected, it spread throughout other family members. And at this time, it was believed that the deceased family member that died had began to drain the life from other family members from the grave. This belief was mainly centered around the New England area and then some parts of Europe. 
So, do we think this is religious hysteria? Like, where did this originate from? I, it just sounds like a superstitious belief. People trying mm-hmm. to figure out why it's so contagious or something along those lines, yeah. you know. And they're like, oh, it must be someone coming back. I guess that makes sense. If, if You know, they didn't really realize how contagious this disease was. Um, that they're just, they're trying to blame it on something. And so that, you know, that's what they pin it on. Right. But how do you come up with that? very specific probably people are just talking and it's really strange the stuff that people believed way back then yeah okay to protect healthy people in the community and in an attempt to heal people infected with tuberculosis bodies of people who died from the disease were exhumed and examined which that that's just not not very smart at all to take a body that's had died from tuberculosis and then bring it out and then no, start messing no, around not with it. really. It's no. going to spread it worse. There's a lot, as we go through this story, that is not very smart. <laughs> no. But yeah, as I was just looking at that, I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So they got concerned when, if a body appeared to be in fresh condition, like unusually fresh. like the, if, A corpse a that they corpse, dug up. Right. If it, if it hadn't decayed very much. Um, it was mainly if the organs were still intact and blood was still in the body. And the organs they were looking at were the heart, liver, and lungs, basically. Mm-hmm. And so if they found a body like that, that was still relatively good condition. Right. That's when they would start to think, okay, this might be a vampire. Right. And we'll get into it a little later, too, because um, the term vampire wasn't known in this area. The term, like the vampire panic, came from out, like media or newspaper outlets outside of this area at this okay. time that heard what was going on there. They didn't even know what a vampire was. They just thought it was their dead relatives infecting their living relatives. Right, and then they see a deceased corpse, and like, or a, a corpse that hasn't decayed very much, and they're like, oh, shit, you know. So the easiest way to remedy the situation was just to turn the body over in the grave and then rebury it, which sounds like superstitious. Sure. So scientifically, no though, what is the what is the science behind that? Is that just corpses decay at different paces, and some of them are more likely to be fresher, longer than others? Is it I the think. is it the oils and things they put on the bodies as they're prepping it for burial? It could be the time of year too, if it's cold out. That's true yeah. too. Yeah. Soil condition. Yeah. It could be all kinds. Because I mean, coffins weren't like insulated or anything at the time; they were probably just wooden, right? Just basic wooden boxes, yeah. you know. Are they insulated now? Yeah. Is that what we got to with, with coffins? You can buy a fancy coffin. That's you can like, buy a kiss casket. We've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy, yeah, super fancy ones. What does insulated do? How long does it keep? Oh, I, And why I would you know. want that, though? Like, I mean, I understand you want it to look nice and maybe like a, a comfort thing, but the like insulation, I don't know why you would. I wouldn't pay extra for that. I guess if you don't yes. want. I'm getting cremated. Like, do you guys want to be buried? I want to be cremated. I've, I've never I, really I've no given much to thought buried. to it. I'm getting cremated yeah, just for 100%. money. Just for money purposes. I'm not thinking about money purposes. <laughs> I, I guess I I've never really considered cremated. it. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not leaving that that uh, that expense for other people. <laughs> it's too expensive. You're a small man. guy. Yeah, you're a swell individual. You are a small guy. Just burn me and just throw me what up into the, the air. What about the new body composting they just approved in Washington State? I think that's pretty cool. I didn't see that. Or just or throw you just, out in a garden? Yeah, or you can just be composted, which makes the most sense, right? I, 
Sure. I mean, if that's what you want, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to say what what people should do to you when when that time comes. But I mean, if that's what you want to do, great, go for it. Cemeteries are a waste of time, are they not? A waste of space, a waste of green know. space, a waste of resources. I don't know. I think people who want to go visit their loved ones, it's very important to them. I don't know if I would call them a waste of space, but I understand what you're what you're saying. Like they're there, and then then what happens? And it's there forever, and yeah. we can never touch I like that this land. Composting mm-hmm. idea. I'm going to look more into it. All right. Mm. Get back to us then. Maybe that'll be official. I might get composted. You're going to get po- composted. Even cremation's expensive. Yeah. Maybe just not even claim my body. Just, Dave, just leave put me. Put you out in the front <laughs> lawn. <laughs> just say, I don't know that person. Fuck it. Just leave him. Just there. throw you out there so someone could just trapaculate in your skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it's not that expensive, is it? <laughs> Let's take you out in the yeah. trash. Chop you up in the front yard. Yeah. Put you in the cans. No problem. Give Black me the, garbage bags. Give me the um, the Burdella treatment. <laughs> Disremember me and put me out for the trash. Yeah, he got away with it. So, yeah, like I was saying, the easiest way to, to take care of it would be to turn the body over and just rebury it. In more ritualistic cases, families would burn the fresh organs and decapitate the corpse before reburying it. Infected family members would inhale the smoke from the burning organs or eat the ashes in an attempt to cure tuberculosis. Eat the ashes. Mm -hmm. Eat, eat the ashes. Yep. Fuck that. Well, inhaling it too is disgusting. But eating it just seems worse. Just seems like it's going to get you sicker. I mean, smoking your dead friend seems a little better than. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Dave, would you like us to smoke you when you die? <laughs> I'd rather you smoke me than eat my than eat a concoction of my ashes. Okay. You ever, what's that show that was on TLC with people that ate weird shit? Oh, I know what you're talking about. My strange addiction. Yeah, it wasn't just eating; it was just addiction. Yeah, yeah where the guy liked to fuck his car. <laughs> I saw what? that. He he loved it. He was in love with his car. Like open the gas tank car. and boom. Yeah, yeah, he had sex with his car. That's fucking ridiculous. In the tailpipe boom. <laughs> but yeah, he said boom and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> we need that clip. There was a woman on there that would eat her husband's ashes. She would just carry his urn around and like eat the ashes. Sprinkle it on her like Cheerios in the morning. She would just dip her finger in and eat the ashes. <laughs> oh. I can't. She thought. I don't know what she thought. Like if he was becoming part of her, something she believed that that is. She came obsessed with it and was just yeah. yeah she would just walk around yeah. holding uh, it. Well, and so, right. when someone gets cremated, it's not really ash. I mean, there's bone fragments in there too, and there's other people in there too. Yeah, there's just a concoction of bone and ash and, and leftover and, ash from yeah, the, the guy before. Of course, there is. <laughs> This is the closest I've ever come to puking on this show. <laughs> is this moment right now? That put from what is it? Trepan ejaculation. Trepaculation. No, this because you know she had to <sighs> lick her finger first to get the ashes to stick on there. You can't just put a dry finger in there. So what happened with these family members <laughs> of the, the tuberculosis <laughs> patients? Um. Like we were talking about before that they didn't have this term there. The claims that these deceased family members actually becoming what we would consider traditional vampire was made by newspapers outside of the area. The word vampire wasn't known to people in this area. And there's no credible accounts that people actually believe that these uh, that their dead family members were actually leaving the grave to 
to prey on people. Well, so what do they think then? It was supernatural. Yeah, sounds like it. And also, what, they, so what time was this? They didn't know the term vampire at this time. Not in this area. In this area, all right. It wasn't a con. It wasn't a I mean, term. That's an Eastern European term. So I don't think it's something that the people in New England wouldn't be familiar. I guess with. not. I was just I was trying to th- think about when the time was. So yeah. So I guess sounds like like it's supernatural. Like from beyond the grave, they're taking the they're they're hmm. haunting and what but stealing their life. Yeah. Their blood. So not physically getting out of the grave. They're telepathically and I mean doing allegedly from what we're learning here. Yeah. Like maybe their spirit. I I'm not sure. Interesting. Yeah. So we go through some documented cases. Uh, the first one is Rachel Harris from Manchester, Vermont. This is one of the earliest accounts. Rachel Harris had died from tuberculosis in 1790. A year after her death, her husband married her stepsister named Hulda. Hulda began to show signs of tuberculosis, and the family believed that it was Ra- that Rachel was to blame for it. Well, it probably was. She's like, that's my man. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, he didn't wait very long. Only a year. A year? That's a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I never thought about I that. Know. I don't know. Like you can bang your sister or your sister-in-law <laughs> after a year. I don't know. I, I, I can't speak to what it would be like to lose a spouse that I don't know how quick you'd recover from that, let alone bang her, what is it, stepsister? Yeah. Oh, stepsister? Stepsister. Yeah. Oh, that's not even, that's a two-month thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's not even her sister. All right. Two months. Tops. I'm just saying I don't think within two months I'd be able to do that. To to wed somebody you two months. Probably ago. bang the stepsister at the funeral. Well, we're not talking we're about being, banging. We're, <laughs> we're not talking about banging here. Oh boy! You guys should remember who uh, who listens to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> when it first comes out. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I apologize. So Hulda. Yeah, it's, um, in February. Hulda didn't say hold up. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> In February 1793, uh, Rachel's corpse was exhumed and her liver, heart, and lungs were burnt. There are other accounts that some of Rachel's organs were actually used to make a medicine for Halda. And Halda died that September. That's <laughs> weird. Did that work? Say. Did and, he go on to the next sister? Or, you know, I no know. further information is available. No. Okay. Okay. Then we go to Abigail Staples from Cumberland, Rhode Island. Fe- she founded the Staples stores, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long lineage. Yeah, the office <laughs> office supply stores. Back then, there were the feather pens and the scrolls. Yeah. They sold. Uh, February 17, 1796, Stephen Staples exhumed his 23-year-old daughter's corpse named Abigail. Uh, Abigail had previously died from tuberculosis, and now her sister, Lavinia, had started to show symptoms of the disease. Lavinia started to tell stories of dreams that she was having where the shadow of a person would sit on her chest and draw out her breath. That sounds like uh, sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Or or a dream. Yeah, but that's the same definition of the sleep paralysis. That's what they say. Yeah. That there's a dark figure sitting on their chest and they, it, it, they can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. Stephen went to the town officials, which I guess would be like their 
their government or whatever. Um, but yeah, he went to the town officials and they agreed to allow Abigail's corpse to be exhumed. And then that's where the story stops for that one. Can you imagine thinking this? It's something else. It is wild. Real but, quick, before you jump in the next one, what is exhumed? What's the definition of exhumed? It just takes them out. Just, open just the, take take them out and open. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. And the next one is the Spalding family for from Dummerston, Vermont. Sometime in the 1790s, Leonard Spalding lost 11 of his children to tuberculosis. Did they have rubbers in the 1790s? <laughs> because it seems like that's what they needed. Yeah. I'm not sure when the condom was developed. <laughs> I have no idea. 11 children. We better get to Google while you're talking. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> and that's not that's not the only kids he had because yeah. um, another one of his daughters started to show symptoms, and the body of the most recently deceased child was dug up, and the vital organs removed and burned. 1839. Hmm. All right. So we're by pre- Charles Goodyear. We're pre-rubber here. Maybe that Charles Goodyear also used that rubber to invent Goodyear tires. I, I'm sure that's <laughs> the case. <laughs> So another belief that that kind of that um, that people had was that vines would start growing in between the caskets, and when they connected, it would start to pass tuberculosis through. So when uh, Spalding had another son die, who was named Reuben, in 1794, his grave or his casket was buried apart from the other family members to like break this chain of of vines. Oh, that probably worked. Yeah. So this guy had. 13 kids at least. Jesus. So they practice the pull-out method. You pull the baby out and then you <laughs> immediately impregnate her again. It sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, because people didn't live very long back then. Yeah. So again, and we have no follow-up on any of these stories. No, these, these are, are just what people did to try to stop yeah. the spread of the, 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 the well, the disease, but right. the illness, but in their minds, the, quote, vampire yeah, and this is yeah, and these are the only accounts of it. Look, we're no different now. We still have religious kooks that speak in tongues and think that you know God sends hurricanes because of gay marriage. So we're no better off two hundred years later. So somebody will do a podcast about that one day, maybe. <laughs> Hundreds of or, about what preachers yeah. are saying nowadays and hurricanes taking out homosexuals and all that. Yeah, we go back to Rhode Island uh, with Sarah Tillinghast. In Exeter, Rhode Island, Sarah Tillinghast was the first of 14 children to die in her family. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> More pull-out method. When surviving children claimed that Sarah continued to visit them at night, which this account, you know, it's a, it could just be like, you know, the grieving process, whatever. Sure. Yeah, but, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. But by uh, 1799, five more of the Tillinghast children had died from tuberculosis. Wait a minute. That's 19. 14 plus 5. Yeah. 19. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> and there's another one was showing signs of the disease. <laughs> Wait. Another one? No, that's part of the 14. She was the first of 14 to die. Oh, Then yeah, yeah. years later, five more of them died. So now they're down. Oh, okay. Now they're down to oh, nine right. kids. I'm sorry. I and then there was another one. Okay. Got, so now they're down to I'm, eight. I misread. Yeah. You're right. When the bodies were, were exhumed, all of them except Sarah's were found to be in advanced stages of decompos- decomposition. And then her heart was removed and burned in front of the family home. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. 
it's kind of odd that her body would be in in good condition. I don't know what would cause that. Vampirism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Staying in Rhode Island, go to Nancy Young in Foster, Rhode Island. She died at age 19 in 1827, and her sister soon died from tuberculosis. When Nancy's other siblings started to decline in health, their father, Levi Young, asked his neighbors and friends to exhume and burn her remains. And the quote is, while all members of the family gathered around and inhaled smoke from the burning remains. Oh, can you imagine a scene here? And then this this did not work because five more of his kids died. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Joking aside, tuberculosis was a... I mean, it was a motherfucker back then. Yeah. It killed a lot of people. Yeah. So I guess that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would cause a panic or, you know. Yeah. Was, I mean, you don't, you know, you're not familiar with medicine or communicable yeah. diseases. You look for things like this and. Yeah, you got 14 kids dying. You're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, must I'll, be something. Yeah, and turn, turn to something, yeah. anything to get an sure. answer. Hey, we're doing it. We're doing a show here, sir. I'm trying to, I'm getting my shit together for the show. <laughs> sir, we're doing a show here. And go. 18. <laughs> And then, in Ju- then we go to Jewett City, Connecticut. In 1845, Lemuel Ray died of tuberculosis at age 24. His death was followed by his father's a few years later and then his brother. Three years later, when his oldest brother, Hen- Henry, started showing signs, the family turned to the, the vampire superstition and exhumed his body and burned it. And then Henry died despite hmm. despite their efforts. Interestingly, an accidental discovery in the 1990s suggested that perhaps the Rays weren't the only region's first vampires. Just a few miles away from the Ray farm, some kids discovered a skull, and then further investigation revealed an unmarked graveyard where 29 bodies were buried. Archaeologists determined that one of the bodies, which which showed signs of tuberculosis, had been dug up and reburied with the head removed and face turned down, and the femur bones were arranged on the chest in the shape of a cross. The only marking on this grave was the initials JB. Hmm. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. That's what I said. That's what I said also. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we find that very interesting. <laughs> it's a nice little tidbit. This one, uh, this is the last one. It's back in Exeter, Rhode Island, Mercy Brown. It's probably the most documented one out there, or the most detailed of all of them. It, it, it is famous. From what I read, that Bram Stoker may have been aware of this story when he wrote uh, the Dracula novel. Oh, really? So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, so in 1883, Mercy's mother died from tuberculosis. And then seven months later, her sister died. And a couple years after that, both Mercy and her brother Edwin started to show signs of tuberculosis. Edwin was sent away to recover, but Mercy soon died. Mercy's father, George, was desperate to save his remaining kids. Uh, though he said he didn't believe in vampires, he gave in and had the, the family's bodies exhumed. And this is a quote from the, the Providence Journal reported on March 21st, 1892. I just also want to note before we read this that we invited both Country Mike and Nerd Mike up to read this Mm -hmm. and both declined invitations because they, quote, both believed very much in this and did not want to fuck with vampires. 
so they're right. not available to read this. <laughs> okay. So I, I will read it on behalf of them. Dr. Harold Metcalf, the medical examiner of the district who examined the bodies, is not one to believe in the vampire superstition. He made his examination without exceptional results, according to his own belief, but found in one of the bodies, to the satisfaction of many of the people down there, a sign which they regarded as proof. When he removed the heart and liver from Mercy's body, a quantity of blood dripped therefrom. The vampire, the attendants of the doctor said, and then, conforming to the theory of the necessity of destroying the vampire, burned the heart and liver. Well, there you go. So this doctor was getting a little bit convinced here? Sounds like it. Is that what we're getting at? So if you ever listen to the podcast Lore or watch the Amazon Prime show Lore based on the podcast, but this is the... The first one they did, it's pretty interesting, this story, this Mercy Brown really? story. Yeah. They did just the Mercy Brown story, or they did the It was the basis of the whole New England vampire story, which was their first episode. Hmm. It's it's pretty interesting. It's, they do show them ex- exhuming and you know burning the heart yeah. and making the concoction of the, the ashes from the burnt heart and yeah. having people consume the concoction but yeah it's wild well, it's just crazy that the first documented case is from 1793 and then this was still a belief in 1892 years later. Yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty wild that it stuck around for that long and so was it after this that it died off like it didn't yeah there's really there's no other accounts at least ones that i could find it was just a little bit of a craze and like a small urban legend type thing yeah yeah yeah. I do like vampires, though. What's your favorite vampire movie? Mm, interview with a Vampire. <laughs> I don't know any vampire movies. Twilight. I like hey, Twilight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike Twilight. I thought they were the, great movies. What's the Mandela effect on Interview with the Vampire? Is it Interview with a Vampire or Interview with the Vampire? Interview with the Vampire. That's the name of the movie. And the Mandela effect is so ridiculous. We've talked about this nope. before. Yeah. Dave, now you know how I feel about <laughs> hypnosis. We're going to do a Welcome whole episode on it. Mandela. Because that Pikachu thing really fucks me up. That's the only one that blows <laughs> so my mind. Dumb. I've been thinking Pikachu. Might, that might be a future bonus episode. We'll do a Mandela effect and Dave will get pissed and we'll do a hypnosis one and I'll get pissed. I've been thinking. Except mine, my belief is actual legitimate. Yeah. Pika, I thought Pikachu had a black tip on his tail ever since fifth grade and obviously... Either I slip through a different dimension somehow, or our dimension shift, or I, I just don't know what the fuck I'm I talking tell about. You what Pikachu <laughs> looks like? He's yellow, right? Yeah. Okay, that's about. It. I don't know much about Pikachu. Yeah. He's Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go through that. We're the same age. I did not. No. Yeah. I just do that. I was stuck on pro wrestling all throughout that. I was too busy watching Shawn Michaels super kick his way to a world title. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's so I don't know. So favorite vampire movie, Dave? What were you, oh, what's the one we like? We like let the right one in. Let the right the one in is fantastic. That is yeah. a great movie. But Salem's Lot is also my my favorite vampire movies. I don't think I've ever seen that the one. Stephen King novel. I've not seen it. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen it either. So great. All right, those are Dave's recommendations for the week. I like the remake of Let the Right One In. The American remake wasn't. It bad. was not bad at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Liked it. I don't think I've seen that one. I liked it. It wasn't as good as the original. Was it wasn't even big in it's that. It's excellent. That blonde girl that played Carrie in the remake of that movie. Oh, okay. All right. So she just made a bunch of remakes. Yeah, a bunch of horror remakes. <laughs> it was yeah. called Let Me In, right? I think. Let Me it In. It was, yeah. yeah, it was named a little different. Yeah. Interview with the Vampire is good, too. 
I actually only saw that once when I was like a, a little kid. It was good. You know, I couldn't tell yeah. you much about it. Yeah, I've watched but it like a the right times. one. It is by far, I think, the best. Yeah, at least of my limited knowledge of what I've seen. And then True Blood went off the rails. I like, really liked True Blood when it first came out. Did you finish it? A little silly. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you? I never finished it. I think yeah. I stopped in like season four, like when it started going off the rails with getting a little yeah, weird. It was a little wild. Yeah. I like uh, vampire stuff though. Yeah, it's cool. We'll have to do like um, like real life vampires, like people that actually think they're vampires. That'd be a good like episode. Like Vlad the Impaler, or people like kooks that drink blood. Yeah, like those kind of day. people. Okay, that'd be a good episode. All right. Anything else on uh, the New England Vampires? No. No. New XFL team coming to a town near you, the New England Vampires. <laughs> be a cool name. That'd be all right. I'd be cool with that. I'd buy some of their shit. I could see a cool logo and jersey yeah, for that. Hell yeah. Cool. Maybe they'll get Tom Brady to come coach, coach them when he retires after 19 Super Bowl wins. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Necronomapod. Please hit us up. If you are on uh, iTunes, rate us, leave us a review. We really love reading the reviews. Um, we've had some pretty kick-ass ones recently. Uh, leave us a rating that goes a long way to helping us get noticed by other people as well. So we really appreciate uh, anything you guys can do to help us out with that. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. So we will see you guys Sunday. Cheers. Cheers.